And so I want to share with you an incredible, incredible mother is joining me now here on Trending. She began a couple of years ago sharing the story about how she heroically brought her daughter from being and identifying as transgender in this transgender eye fantasy that started at the age of 12. Her daughter is now 16 years old, and she went by Charlie Jacobs for a time, but she knew how important this issue was and how important it is to help others. She now is sharing her public name as Erin Friday, and she is sharing her story of her daughter. Erin, let's dive in. I'd love to touch on a Sparks Notes version of what happened with your daughter beginning at age 12 and how she's doing today and then how the world, the media and everything influence your daughter into this transgender fantasy. It's an honor and it's an honor to come out in my real name. Thank you. Thank you for um, your courage. It's not easy yeah. today with, it. I think, the pressure people are receiving to cave uh, to a certain type of ideology. I imagine that in and of itself has been challenging for your family. Uh, it has been, but when you're Following your moral compass, uh, you should stand tall and you should stand in your real name. So I'm pleased to do that. You asked a couple of questions about my daughter. I'll just briefly go through what happened to her. She was indoctrinated starting at her public school that she could be born in the wrong body. And this was repeated and repeated to her through various classes. And as she was going through puberty, she didn't like the bodily changes happening to her body. It's normal and they're trying on identities. And when teachers, the second most important person in the child's life is telling them that their discomfort could be because they are born in the wrong body, a child's going to take that and believe it. She went through a myriad of identities because she was given a sheet of like 30 different identities. And as she went through the pandemic and being very lonely and spending a lot of time online, she discovered transgenderism. It became something that she decided that she was after trying on these other identities. And the social media component, it can't be underestimated about how important it is for parents to understand that their kids are being indoctrinated, you know, right in their own bedroom. These kids are inundated with messaging that if they are at all uncomfortable with what's going on with their bodies or confused about growing up, that they could be transgender. Isn't that such it's a frightening thing? I mean, who hasn't? Even adults felt uncomfortable at times in their own bodies. Does that mean we should be something other than who we are, who God designed us to? And just even think being postpartum and having a baby, you know, you gain weight, you're trying to find this new comfort in your body. That doesn't suddenly mean that we should identify other than something than what we are or abandon our motherhood. I mean, it's such an existential crisis that this education system is encouraging. And for vulnerable young children, such as a 12-year-old daughter, like your daughter. Yeah, it's quite insane to me because they act as if, you know, they're the loving group and we're the hate group. And, and all we're saying is, Love and accept your body as it is, as imperfect as you think it is. I mean, we are our toughest critics on our mm -hmm. own bodies, and each body is amazing, just an amazing piece of machinery, if we can even describe it like that, and there's nothing wrong with it. And to tell a child that not only, you know, you can tell a child like, oh, your nose is big. What they're doing is they're telling a child that their entire body is wrong. What a horrible thing to tell a child. Mm, yes. So let's walk through this a little bit. I know your daughter is doing much better now. Where is she at in her journey? Well, she is very comfortable in her female body, which I'm very pleased about. She dresses now like 
her typical self and she no longer hides in big sweatshirts or wears binders. She no longer identifies as being transgender. She identifies as being a girl because she is, but she's only 16 and we are in California and I'm not sure she's in the mindset yet of understanding that the transgenderism is, is very cultish and that she was used in a ideology and that she is really lucky that she's out of it. I don't think she's there yet in understanding the evil forces that went after her. And even that there's no such thing as trans people. There just isn't. There are people who are gender dysphoric, but there is not a human that is born in the wrong body. And so let's talk about a little bit about the influences. I'm so happy to hear how well your daughter is doing now, but still, you know, facing this cult-like challenge. Uh, what does she think of the transgender ideology now? That's a challenge. It's an ongoing process. And I just keep thinking, you know, you heroically helped to save her daughter from this fantasy, but you were doing your job as a mom. And I think that's the challenge is that it's such difficult work today in these instances such as these. So you are a resource for so many parents Let's talk about some of the influences that were impacting your daughter. The public school system encouraged and ushered her to explore her identity, giving her a sheet of 30 identities. I know you transferred her to Catholic school and they were hiding and going behind your back as well. Again, we got to be careful with what schools we send our kids to and really holding teachers accountable. But you've also talked about the impact of pornography that social media and pornography and anime and other things had on your daughter as young as 12 years old. Can you share a little bit more about that side of the story? Yes. So there's a really a direct correlation between anime, which is a Japanese cartoon, and it looks like it is harmless and it starts out that way, but it's not. It gets very deep into dark behavior, highly sexualized. She got into anime, which me being naive, I thought was kind of cute. It looks like a cartoon, right? It's like a cartoon. But kids who start watching anime also get into the group of anime kids. And then they go on to Discord and they have these chats and it could be a 13-year-old with a 17-year-old that is then introducing them to hentai, which is a form of anime that is pornography. So it's cartoon pornography. And so cartoon pornography can skirt some of the obscenity laws and it's very gender bending. And again, it gets through the obscenity laws or can get through the obscenity laws because it's a cartoon. And these kids are exposed to it. Their brains are not able to comprehend what is happening. And it gets pushed out to them. So if a girl puts on her Instagram account, male to female, MTF, or a boy puts FTM on any of his social media, that is a beacon. It is a siren for pedophiles and deviant people to find these kids. And they push pornography on these kids. So just to reiterate for any parents who may need to know, it's important to understand that MTF or FTM, it's a sign for transgenderism, but it's a sign for pedophilia as well as a beacon. I appreciate that you're saying this because I think a lot of parents don't know and they think, oh, my kid's struggling with a transgender identity. This is just a, a phase perhaps, or, you know, maybe they're going along with it, but they don't realize the pedophilic dimension of what is occurring in the transgender movement. It is absolutely massive. And I run parent groups and I co-lead our duty. And the vast majority of the parents who have a trans-identified kid, they will find the porn on their kid's social media. They think 
that it doesn't exist. I just was talking to a mom this afternoon and she's like, I don't think my daughter's looking at it. I'm like, oh, go home and get her phone and start searching. YouTube has pornography that is read aloud mm-hmm. to the kids. And in the it, and YouTube I, kids friendly area, is that correct? That has so-called sexual, friendly. Look, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars to try to get a phone that would block this. I tried to buy software that would block this garbage from coming in through the iPad, through the internet anyway. And I failed. I mean, I failed miserably. It's like a game of whack-a-mole to keep your child safe. The only thing that worked was me taking her phone and taking her school iPad. And people should be very careful about the school iPads. Mm -hmm. Uh, Schools are tracking kids through that iPad. They may tell you that they have safeguards on there, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Over 60% of kids have seen porn for the first time on their school iPad. That's a huge number. Wow. And they do it accidentally. They're searching mm-hmm. for something else. Yes. Yep. Or curiosity. Often it's simple answers that satisfy the simple curiosity at a certain age. This is why it's so important because they either stumble upon the pornography or look it up. And next thing you know, they were just kind of asking an innocent question of Google. And lo and behold, this is where they are at. It's horrifying as an adult to even talk about this or look at this content. Yet, if we don't talk about it, Aaron, who else will? Because children like your own daughter at 12 years old was influenced by it. So I'd be curious, Aaron, let's talk a little bit about what your perspective is for all parents in terms of guidelines for moving through the whole idea of smartphones and social media today? Well, if I had to do it over again, I never would have given my daughter a phone and I wouldn't have sent her to public school and I would not have let her use any provided device by a school at all. I would have it bought it myself. And what parents really need to understand is there's no need for your kids to have a smartphone, zero need. There are phones, flip phones and other devices. Gab phones, another great resource. There's the Switch, which is a video game that doesn't go out into the Internet because these Internet connected games are open season on your kid. Mm -hmm. So even if you think Pinterest, Pinterest, you know, it's a designer website, but kids use Pinterest to talk with other adults. It's very frightening out there. And if you think your kid's not outsmarting you, you're naive. So you need to know every password to your child's device and you need to be checking it. And it's grueling. They also know how to delete things though. And I think that's important. Like they really know how to delete content. So I feel like even when you're checking things, I love screenstrong.com because they talk about delay, delay, delay in terms of giving your kids smartphone, social media, and helping to guide them through a season in life where their prefrontal cortex really isn't fully developed and parents can be that primary protector and educator. Erin, let's talk about resources to help protect kids and help parents who are struggling through this. What do you recommend? Well, for those parents with kids that are already struggling with gender identity, I would actually ask you to go ahead and look at the Daily Signal that interviewed me back in January. And I talk about the things that I did to get my child out And I'm not the only parent who used those same techniques, which is really bring your child back into, you know, the family love and make sure that you are really cutting off that Internet. That's first and foremost. You have to do that. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me that you can't do it. You have to do that if you want to get your child out 
of this. It's more difficult when the child is over 18 for sure. But there's a lot of books now that are out there that are designed to help parents find the language that they need to address the issue with their kids. Hitting your child with a bunch of medical stats is not going to do it. You have to really look at your child being in a cult and how would you get your child out of a cult. There's a book by Maria Keffler, K-E-F-F-L-E-R. It's Detox, Detrans, Desist. I'm a co-lead of Our Duty, which has a lot of one-page fact sheets that can help educate parents on what is happening with their child and how to make the argument and how to talk to doctors about it and teachers. Mm. There's a great movie that is being premiered on June 21st. I think the name has changed. It's First Do No Harm. Mm. And this is a movie about detransitioners and families and how we got here. And I would take my teenagers, whether your teenager is caught in this gender vortex or not, I would take them to watch this film. And I would encourage everyone to watch this film. It's quite impactful.